Okay, good morning, everybody. <clears throat> okay, so, um, so this year today is uh, two types of Odizara. Okay? But more generally, it's about Odizara. Okay? About the, the Isser of Odizara in the Torah, the Yisod, the Iker. One of the Yigamli Karim actually is roughly Odizara. And I think that um, oftentimes we don't fully appreciate what exactly we mean when we say the Torah prohibits of Zara and um, why it's so, so significant. So again, maybe we think we do, but I think there's a little bit more depth to, uh, to it. So let's, uh, let's slowly uh, look it through. Okay, so I'm largely going to be based on uh, Rambam's and uh, one interesting Radak that I've ever brought to my attention, which was also very helpful. Okay. So, I guess we'll start with um, the Rambam. Is there any discussion about Zara? Starts with the Rambam in Perak Aleph, Aleph, Aleph. And um, it talks about Zara, which I'm sure you're familiar with, but I cannot read it. Okay? So it says, Bimei Enosh. In the days of Enosh, Tau B'nei Adam Tas Gadol. So the people made a great mistake. Never Atzas Chachmei Osu Hadar. And the, uh, the wisdom, uh, the advice of the people of that, na- of that generation were corrupted. Enosh this was their mistake. Okay, and this we're going to focus on what their mistake was. Okay, this is their mistake. Amru, this is what they said. Since Hakadosh Baruch Hu created these stars and the spheres to rule over the world, to direct the forces of nature, as was uh, their science, and he placed them up in the heavens. And he gave them these heavenly bodies and spheres, Kavod. And they are the servants who serve before HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They carry out his Ratzon. It's fitting to praise them and to you know, elevate them, to give them Kavod. Right? And this is God's will, the God of the to make great and honor the ones who he gave great and honor. Just like a king wants you to honor the second in command or whoever it is, the people under him. And this is the honor of the king. So it's not for them, it's for the king. Okay? Sounds reasonable. Right? Sounds reasonable. Let's give me one question. Why, what's wrong with that? That seems to be... A reasonable idea? Okay. Kivan Sha'Allah Davar Zaliban. Once they thought this idea, Karbanos. So they started building uh, palaces for them and bringing Karbanos, They started worshipping them. in order to reach Hashem's uh, will in their corrupt uh, idea. Okay? This is the Iker Avodos Kachavim. And that's the question. What does that mean? What does he mean exactly? The Iker Avodos Kachavim. This is the Iker Avodos Kachavim. And this is what those servants, those people who know the Iker, would say. Not that this is the only God. Right? Of course not. Who of the kings of the nations doesn't fear you? Everyone knows, not no one like you. 
Musa Havalim Eitzu. Okay, it's the, uh, the wood, which is the, the way they turn. Kaloma, kol yodim sha'atu levadcha. Everyone knows that you're the only king. Everyone knows that. But their mistake, their foolishness, is they think this nonsense is your will. Okay. So, again, a few questions. Why, first of all, does Ram start off with this whole story? Okay? You'll see as the story, the rest of the parak, I'm not going to read it right now, but I'm going to read it a little bit later. But the whole parak is a story. The story about how it started with Enosh, and it led to this whole thing, and then it got worse, and then it got worse, and then Avram Vinu came along, I mean, it's a halachic sefer, and the Ram typically starts out by telling you the halachas. There's a missive of the Zara. Why here does he have to start off with the whole story? And um, secondly, what's the big mistake? Okay, again, why exactly is this mistaken? It seems the, uh, this theory is reasonable. God gave them honor, and it's a form of giving honor to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Right? What, what is, why is this so evil, so corrupt, the worst thing in the world? It doesn't quite seem so evil. It would be nice if we could pinpoint what's so wrong with it. And again, what does it mean, the Iker? Well, what does he mean exactly when he's calling this the Iker of Odzara? What is that? What, is it Iker as opposed to Tafel? Like, what, what, is, what does it mean precisely? Okay. So uh, let's uh, move to Parak Bays. Okay, so Parak Bays is where after the Raman goes through his whole history, the Raman gives you, starts going to the Mitzvah of Odzara. Not quite, but uh, let's see. So he says, Iker Hatsivoy Babalus Okay? The main commandment. Again, this Iker. What's the Iker Tsivoy? The main commandment of Babal Zara, Shalavod Echad Mikal Abrom. You shouldn't serve anything, anything created, Lomalch, Logaga, Lokochav, Lokochav, Marba Yisodos, Lokochav, Mikal, and Avramam. Nothing which, nothing created. Stars, and the moon, and the elements, or whatever. Even though the worshiper knows that Hashem is a God. Just like if he's only worshiping it the way that Enosh is in a generation then. Okay, that's the Iker Tzivaz doesn't That doesn't make any difference. Even if you're doing it in that way, that's what it's Chacham. And that's what the Torah said. Upentisya nachash ma'ima v'risa sashemesh v'gomer. Lest you look and see the stars, the share of the sun and the stars. Asher chalakash shalakachal chalamim kilomar the Ramzah shema tashur e'ein libcha v'tira. Maybe you'll look in the sky and you'll say she'elohin ha'anigas olam. These are the ones which rule the world. Ve'hem shachalakash shema osam chalolam. This is the ones who Hashem distributed power to to the world. They are eternal, they don't degrade like other things in the world do. Okay. And a person will say, these are fitting to serve, to battle them and to serve. Lest you'll make a mistake to... Serve them to be an intermediary between you and the and the Creator. Okay, so again, this is the Iker Tzivoy, right? You would think, why is this the Iker Tzivoy? I understand this is, I don't quite understand. We, we should understand that it's also wrong, but the, you'd think the Iker Tzivoy about this would be not to worship false gods, right? Not to believe some other power is a god and to worship that as a god instead of a Gosh This is like the 
the the Iker Tzivo, to have, not have an intermediary. Again, it doesn't quite seem so bad. I mean, it does because we're trained that it's so bad, but I don't want to say that it's not so bad. But again, if you just think about it, it doesn't, they, they know about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and they're trying to accomplish His will, to give Him honor. After all, God did give, the, they are the forces which uh, govern the universe. So why not? Okay, and light similarly, similarly, this comes up in, a, in other places in Rambam. So in the, again, I mentioned in the Yudgim Karim. So it's interesting is that all the Yudgim Karim, this is what I was ever noticed, is like, all the Yudgim Karim are beliefs. Okay, you have to believe that God exists, that He's one, that He's not physical, He created the world, that the Moshe, the Torah is not going to change, all all these different beliefs. But if the one of them is like kind of an Isra, a mitzvah, which is don't worship. It's not quite don't worship, it's that you shouldn't think that other beings are worthy of being worshipped, even to be an intermediary between you and God. And this is basically the Azhara about the Zara. So it's seemingly a, a Yisod, which is very much relegated to our actions. I mean, it's a belief system, but it's very much like a Maisa. It's interesting, it made, it, it made the cut of the Yogyam Karam. And again, the focus in the Ikar is also to be this intermediary. Right? You have the other Ikaram already. You already know that God exists and He's one and He's not physical and created the world. But there's another Yisod, an Ikar, to make sure that you don't have this belief system. Okay? And again, what's, why is this here? Why is this an Ikar? And the Rambam in the Mornavuchim, he also talks about this. So he says, he, he talks about how terrible of Odzara is and how it's the worst enemy of Kodesh Baruch and of the Torah. And he says, I'm going to read the English, uh, select portions just a little bit. He says, you must know that in examining the law and the books of the prophets, you will not find the expressions, burning anger, provocation, or jealousy applied to God except in reference to idolatry. And that none but the idolater are called enemy, adversary, or hater of the Lord. Okay, so this is the worst, worst of anyone. Right? And then a little further, I'm skipping. Then he says, you must know that idolaters and worshipping idols do not believe that there is no God besides them, and no idolater ever did assume that any image of metal, stone, or wood has created the heavens and the earth and still governs them. Nope, never. Idolatry is founded on the idea that a particular form represents the agent between God and his creatures. This is plainly said in passages like the following, Who would not fear thee, O king of the nations? And that's the Pasuk he quoted in the Mishnah Torah. Okay? So he's saying is, again, two things. The worst enemy of HaKadosh Baruch of the Torah, but he says no one really believes that these things are gods, that they're the only god, as if, as if that's such a crazy thing could be the case. Okay. So again, first of all, why is he so angry? If, if that's the case, then no one really believes that this is God, but they're all just kind of trying to worship Hashem. So then why is this the enemy, the anger, this is the worst thing in the world? Why is that? And also, is it true? Is it true that nobody in the world has ever believed? Everyone, I mean, they're, they're say, saying that, but is it true that no one thinks, everyone knows about HaKadosh Baruch and they are only worshipping these other things to be intermediaries? Is, he's making that claim, but it just doesn't necessarily seem true that every person in the world who worships other gods knows that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the true God, and Right? It's a nice claim, but is that really the case? Okay. Good? Yes? 
Oh yeah, that's true. The Sirsur, I know. That's like the intermediary, right? I know. I know, but he does say it's like in the derech that Enosh and his nation and his generation worship, but right, I know. And at the very end, he says, like, Sirsur, or anything like that. Yes. I know, I know. But I'm saying, in that same Allah, he mentions the way that Enosh, but then at the very end, he throws in the Sirsur. Yes. Yeah, I didn't notice that. That's a good question. Okay. Yeah. Okay, maybe we can explain that, but a good question. Okay? Okay, so that, that's Perak Aleph. Okay, so again, that's a little bit of Perak Aleph. Let me jump to Perak Beis now. Okay? So Perak Beis, so again, he did the whole history in Perak Aleph. Okay, he did this whole history, which again, I, I kind of started, and I'll get back to the rest of it later. But he, you know, the history, you know the history. Basically, the, well, the Zara got worse and worse and worse and worse, and then ultimately Avraminu came and set up Kali Yisrael, and Ultimately, the Torah and all that. Okay, now he's done with Perak Aleph and he's back, he's ready to go back to the Ikar Tzivoy, Perak Beis, the Ikar Tzivoy, what I just read to you, the main Tzivoy of Odazara, you think he's ready to go into all the details of the mitzvah of Odazara, but he doesn't quite. Okay, Perak Beis is also a little bit of a detour. Okay, Perak Gimel is where he really defines for you the halachos. What's considered of Odazara, what types of avotos, bowing, and you know, all the bringing kabanos and all the different forms and kedarko and shlo kedarko, the technical rigorous details of the halachas of how, what does it mean to worship the Zara are really parakel. Parak Beis, he, he, he goes into some other things. Okay, so I just want to bring them up, talk about it a little bit. So again, he has the Ikertzibwe, and then he gives you this Isra of Al-Tifnu El-Halilam. Okay? And Lo Sasra, which kind of goes out of that. So let me read you this halacha by Al-Tifnu Al-Lilam. And you see, Al-Tifnu Al-Lilam is seemingly like a, a, a fence if you will, a fence not to turn towards the Vodazara. And it's interesting how, how prominent this fence is at the very beginning, before he even starts introducing the details of Vodazara. He tells you about, about Al-Tifnu. So he says, This is Bez, Bez, and Rozchab. So, so many books, uh, many books about their Vodazara. What's the Iker, a way to serve it? Okay, the Iker, I guess. And how do you, what are its actions? And how do you, uh, how do you serve it? You should not read these books at all. You shouldn't uh, consider it. Not any, any matters of it. Even to look at the form, to stare at the image. That's the same. Last year, look, uh, look to their gods and say, how did they serve them? Don't ask about how they serve. Even though you're not worshiping it. Because this causes you, it's like offense, this looking at them, inquiring about them, staring at it, causes you to be drawn after it, as it says, Okay. So, so again, this is, this is an interesting halakha. Reasonable, sensible, but again, it doesn't seem to be so foundational. This is what he's introducing right at the beginning. And then he continues in the Losa Suru, which is basically, it's not only Zara, but it's any apikarsis, anything which causes you to turn away from, from, uh, from Torah. So that's, uh, that's a little bit of a digression, but on topic. Then he talks about in Halakha's Dalin and Hay, he talks about how Zara is equal to all the mitzvahs in the Torah. 
Okay, the whole thing, if you accept Avodazara, it's either denying the Torah and vice versa, how foundational Avodazara is, which again, hopefully we'll elaborate about as uh, this year goes on. But then he goes in Paranhalach Avav, he introduces Megadev. Okay? Megadev seems to be foundational in Avodazara. Megadev is one who curses towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So here's what he says, and he starts off very interesting. Okay? And this is um, the end of the reading for a while. Okay? So it says, Okay, this is a strange phrase. Anyone who admits about Avodah Zarah that it's true, okay, it's not clear exactly what he means by that. Even if he doesn't serve it, okay, so if you admit Avodah Zarah is true, even if you don't serve it, it's like blasphemous. It's cursing and blaspheming. The shame ha'nichbad v'hanorah. Okay? Honorable and awesome shame. Okay? Uh, how was that? What does that mean? It's like you're blaspheming Hashem by admitting that it was, it was true. Again, what does it mean exactly? It means true. And what, how is he blaspheming? And there's like, it's hard to translate exactly, but they're like one and the same. Both and talking about Zara. The person who does this, who does worship the Hodzara, it's Hashem, who Megadev. He's cursing Hashem. So somehow, worshiping of Hodzara is a form of cursing. The Fikach Tolan Ovid Chavim, Kemosha Tolan, is Megadev, Vishneim Neskalim. So we hang up the person when you stone this in this coming week's parsha, in this week's parsha. So there you, uh, you stone, stone people, but the, the Ramban also I think, holds that, that the only two people we stone are with Chav men and Megadev. Okay? And therefore, I included the halachas of Megadev in Avod Zechav, because why is Megadev? What does that have anything to do with Avod uh, Right? But that's why I included Sheshneim Kofram Beker. Because they're both Kofram and the Eker. Okay, not there with Iker, Hashem, the Iker of Azara. Iker is, a, let's say, in, in the Sarei Zodos, the Kosh So there seems to be an equation. And then the rest of the parak is he just goes through all the halachas of Megadev. Okay, all the details of Megadev. But who is this fellow, this Megadev, a person who curses towards the Kosh Baruch Hu? It seems to be a very bad Avera. It's part of Shavu Shemini Noach also. But it's somehow equated with Avodah Zarah. It doesn't quite sound like Avodah Zarah. Right? In Avodah Zarah, you're worshipping an intermediary, another god. Here you're cursing towards Hashem. What's the comparison? They're kind of equal. When you worship, it's like you're doing with God, Dave. They're both, and this is again, right in front and center of Chavim. He's bringing in this din of Megadev. So this whole parak base, again, is... Is, is interesting. It's all like a prelude to his really going on and barking on the details of Avodah So it would be nice if we could, you know, put this whole thing together. Okay? Okay. Yes, John. Just factually, yeah. I'm not sure it depends on the guy that it's, it's cursing or is it cursing God or it's, or it's admitting that... No, it's cursing. God. It's cursing towards God. It's enunciating a curse. So when you curse someone... You're not allowed to curse a Jew or a curse a person. You say Hashem should curse or Yake. They call it Yosi. Yosi is a way of saying Yudke Vavke. So without saying Yudke Vavke. So you say Yake, Yosi, S, whoever you're giving a curse to. Okay, that means Hashem should Yake, hit so and so. But a person is Megadif, he says Yake, Yosi, S, Yosi. 
means he's like it's a strange type of person, but he's cursing Hakadosh Baruch Hu with Hakadosh Baruch Hu. What was the first thing called? I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, that's just funny. He says anyone who admits in the Vosko that it's true, even though he doesn't worship it, he is blaspheming. He's doing megadif, but he's not really doing megadif. That's not technically megadif. That's that's the question. What's the Ram seems to be equating the two, where on the surface they're not really equal. They seem to be very different. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. So let us digress. Before we take up the Rambams, let us do, uh, let's talk about uh, Malachim. Okay, Sefer Malachim. So in Sefer Malachim, Perak Beis, I'm sorry, Malachim Beis, Perak Yid Zion. Okay, so the Perak Yid Zion, I'm going to tell you a little bit of the story, and then tell you about Radak. Okay, so this is a important Perak. It's basically the exile, the Perak about the exile of the Aser Sashvatim. Okay, it's the beginning of the end, if you will, is where there are many, 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 many years of the Jews that were bad kings who were doing about the Zara, right, all the way back from Yeravim and through Achav and many the kings. And, uh, but ultimately, this is the parak in which the Jews are finally, the Ten Shvatim, not Yehuda, Yehuda was a little bit later, but the Ten Shvatim are being sent into Galus. Okay, so it tells us about King Hosea um, and the exile of the Ten Tribes by the King of Ashur. Okay, Shalman Esarson, the king of Ashur. Okay, and he's sending them out of Shomron. So it tells us, it's funny, the Pasuk tells us Hosea did bad in the eyes of Hashem, but not too bad. Not as bad as the people who are before him. Okay, but in his time, the Jews were sent into Gala. So the Gemara in Gittin asks, it says, he did bad, but not as bad as the kings before him. And therefore, the Jews went into Gala. It sounds like he's not as bad as the previous kings. So why did the Jews go into Gullus? Because of him? So it says, so Rashi brings down on the Pasuk, and it's a Gemara Gittin, on Pechas um, Amalaf, it says, he, in his days, they stopped the sentries. They had these, um, these guards that um, Yeravim and Nevat set up these uh, Vodazaras, these calves, in two different parts of, uh, of Eretz Yisrael, and they didn't want the Jews to go down to, uh, he was worried that if the Jews went to worship in uh, Mikdash, they're going to, Go to Shevet Yehuda, and they're going to be on the side of. Uh, they're going to be moved by the base of Mikdash, and they're going to turn away from Yerachim. So he set up these about the Zaras, and uh, he knew that people are. He wanted to get everybody to go to them, so he set up sentries along the way to prevent the Jews from going towards uh, towards Yushalayim. But he says at this, and that was all these years they weren't able to go to the Mikdash, so they were going and worshiping these about the Zaras. But with time, these about the Zaras got negated, got knocked out, and destroyed. And finally, Hosea wasn't so bad because he was Mavatel these centuries. Okay? And he basically allowed the Jews to now have free access to go to the base of Mikdash. But they didn't go. They didn't go. And that's why he's saying this is the beginning of the end. Once, once the Jews in his time, Hosea didn't do as bad, he let them go to the Mikdash, and they still didn't go to the Mikdash, that was the beginning of that. And that's why, at this point, they had their downfall. Okay. So then the, the psukim tell us how bad the Jews were. Okay? It goes at length to tell us the terrible things the Jews did at this time. They did about the Zara. They brought Matsevas, Asherah, Bamos, idols. They didn't listen to the Nevi'im. They worshipped the Egels, the Baal. They left the mitzvot. They did Molech, Kosin, Nichosh. The entire list is... Sickening to hear, but it's like every, the word, every type 
almost, you know, it's like in this week's parsha, all the terrible, the Jews were with Mamash Stipton of Zarah, like all these different things. Okay? But that's what happened, so therefore it's justifying why it is that Hashem sent them and threw them out of Eretz uh, Okay? So the king of Ashur, he, he threw the Jews out of Eretz Yisrael, but he didn't leave the land empty. Philo, he took some Goyim from Bavel and he put them back there, and specifically people from Kusa, who we know as the Kusim. Okay? The Kusim, discussion with their Gerim, or the Gerim Arayos, Gerim Emes. Okay, we'll talk, see. So he basically brought the Kusim to resettle the land of, uh, in Shomron. Okay? So what happened? So they didn't fear Hashem. Because after all, they were idolaters from uh, Babel. So Hashem sent lions to come and attack them. Okay, so the lions came and attacked and were killing these uh, Gusim. So what happens? They told the king, they says, we don't know the Mishpat Elokei Haaretz. We don't know the law of the land. And these lions are killing us. What are we supposed to do? So the king of Ashur, he got a Jewish Kohen to come and to teach them the uh, the Ozara, these uh, Kusim, the Mishpat Elokeharetz, the law of the land of the God of this land. So sure enough, this Kohen came, Jewish guy, Jewish Kohen, I don't know who he was, and he taught him. So, and the Torah tells us, and the Navi tells us, that he taught them how to serve God, how to fear God. And the Pasuk says, and this is in um, Yedzayim Lamed Gimel, Es Hashem Hayu Yireim, Ves Eloheihem Hayu Ovdim. So they feared Hashem, but they worshipped their gods. Okay? Like the nation who Hashem sent into Galus, which some say means Yisrael, some means other nations. But basically, and it talks about the extent of how they were doing about Zara. Right? They were feared God, but they were worshipping about Zara. Right? And this worked. The lion stopped. Okay? But they were still worshipping about Zara. So what exactly did this Kohen teach them? Right? That's the problem. And that's what the Radak deals with. Here it is. It uh, sounds like a contradiction. This is what got the lions to stop. He taught them that they're fearing Hashem, but they're worshipping idols. Right? Okay. So the Radak says, and it's a long Radak, I'm, I'm not going to read it, but he says the first line, he says, Hora Osam, he taught them, ovdim ish elohav, even though each person would worship his God, Yalibam Lakel. Their heart should be Takadash Brahma. That's what he taught them. Okay? And the Radak shows, he says, he knew that they were not going to abandon their Vodazars. He knew that was not possible. And he talks about, he says, he, taught, he draws a distinction, and this is like the, the title, Two Types of Vodazara. He draws a distinction between two types of Vodazara. Types of Vodazara of the Gayim and the Vodazara of the Jews. And he says, the Gayim. And almost all the Goyim, he says the Kohanim, the leaders, maybe not. But he says the, Kohanim, the, the general way that Goyim worship about the Zara is they have nothing to do with the Kodesh Baruch What the Ramam kind of said wasn't possible, but they don't know about a Kodesh Baruch They're totally worshiping their idols or the sun or whatever it is. They have no idea of God. Okay? Only the few, the Kohanim, the leaders, the philosophers, whatever it is, they may know about a Kodesh Baruch But basically... The Ode of Zara, the nations of the world, that's the, the Goyish form of Zara. They have totally nothing to do with the Kosh Baruch whatsoever. But he says, that's not the Jewish form. Despite the fact that the Jews did Avod Zara, is we always know about the Kosh Baruch but we're worshipping him as this intermediary where Yare Hashem, 
but at the same time, we, uh, we, we did terrible about Zaraz, but in that way, the Radak Pshatim, Kemish Bahagayim Asher Higlo, Samisham, like us, that we basically, we worshipped, we feared Hashem, but we worshipped these alien, these other gods. And that's what he says, given these two types of Odazara, the Radak says is that this Kohen knew, he knew that there would be no way in the world he could tell them to abandon Odazara. It was like a muskal rishon, like a basic primary fact. That's what you do. You worship idols. You can't possibly get them away from that. But he figured at least he'll tell them, you know that there's a Kaddish Baruch Hu, there's a Bore Olam, and you worship the idols as a method of worshiping God. Right? Like a Dorenosh type of Zara, Right? And that's what he taught them. And that's what it means. It's Hashem HaYurim, Vesalem HaYovdim. But what happened? What happened? It worked. It worked. What does it mean it worked? It means that the lions went away. Right? So apparently that accommodated the Mishpat, that apparently Eretz Yisrael, metaphysically, cannot tolerate Avodazara. Absolute Avodazara. Type 1 Avodazara, I guess, if you want to call it. Avodazara, which is total no idea of Akash Baruch That's what the Kusim came with. They brought toward this type one of Odazara where they had nothing whatsoever to do with the Kodesh Baruch Hu, and the lions were getting them. Right? The schar, the, the mishpat of Eretz Yisrael is Eretz Yisrael simply is, is um, kasharka. It's, it vomits out the people who do, do a, like the original idolaters of the Kananim. It doesn't tolerate that type of uh, idolatry. And it was going to do that to the Kusim with these lions. But then this Kohen taught them how to do type two of Odazara. How to worship, how to fear God but not to worship God. No, that, that he had no havamina to teach them that. That wasn't going to work. He taught them to worship their gods, but at the same time, you know that you have to fear God. Fear Kadesh And again, it worked. That apparently the Hashkacha recognizes the difference between those two. So even though what we, the Ramah was talking about, the Ikar of Odazara, the Yisod of Odazara, is don't worship intermediaries, don't have some other god, Dara Enosh. But metaphysically, there's a difference between the two. One's much worse. The idea of type 1 of Odazara, Eretz Yisrael, simply vomits you out. You don't belong here. But the Hashkacha treated them differently. It allowed them to stay with the fact that they worshipped, but they feared HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Right? And that's worth something. Okay? That's worth something significant. They were, they were able to be, to be maintained. So, and if you think about it, the Iker of Ozar is the type two. That's what I'm calling Iker of Ozar. I know I, I, would, I wouldn't call it that, but that's what the Ram calls it. And that lets you stay in Ozar. That lets you stay in Ozar. Yes. And type one is not Iker of Ozar. Right. But it won't let you stay. Correct. It seems like a lot. Yes, that's the problem. <laughs> right. But if you think about it without the biases that we bring to the table from the Rambam, it's somewhat reasonable. Because, after all, they accepted a Kodesh Baruch They are Yorei HaKadosh Baruch Right? After all, it's totally different on the surface. Right? The type 1 of it is that you have nothing whatsoever to do with the Kodesh Baruch You think a table, a wood, a statue, or whatever, created the world, a star. Right? And this thing, you think a Kodesh Baruch created the world. It's just a different method of service. Like the Aranoshal's type of a thing. And again, we have yet to explain what's so terrible about it, but you have the idea of the Kaddish Baruch of the Yisrael so metaphysically you'd think it's very, very different. Right? And that's the question, is really, 
Why is it that if it's so different, and metaphysically you see it's different, philosophically it seems to be different, but halachically it does not seem to be different whatsoever? The Torah is, the Ikar of Odazara is the type 2 of Odazara. And I don't, I don't know of any halacha that really differentiates between someone who worships uh, an idol and knows that is, is doing his intermediary towards a Kodesh Baruch who worships the sun as an intermediary, or worships the sun and thinks the sun is the God. I don't think there's a halachic discrepancy between those two. We never really talk about any different categories of Odazara type 1 or Odazara type 2. But again, metaphysically and philosophically there seem to be. And that's the question. Why is it that the Iker of Odazara is this type 2 of Odazara and the seemingly would be the seemingly the Iker of Odazara or the type 1 of Odazara, which is so much worse it would seem, is not really, I mean of course it's also Asar, but they're kind of put together. Right? I mean you, you, you kind of you could, uh, it's kind of in the tzivoy, of course, if you worship the idol and you think that that's the God, that's also the Zara, but it seems to be the emphasis and the focus. And the Iker and the Yisoda, the Yigami Karm also. Right? So why is it that the Torah doesn't really seem, the Halacha and the Torah doesn't seem to really make this distinction? Okay? Yes, Ariel. No, the Iker of Odazara, the Iker Tzivoy is not to worship them with the mindset like Daranash. So, I mean, the Iker Tzivoy is a commandment not to do an action, but it's even, even though you know you have the philosophy of the Daranash. Right? I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's exclusively that. I mean, it's, it's a, even though you think that. There's no, Iker Tzivoy is not to worship it, whatever you're thinking. Even if you're thinking like it's uh, Daranash. Which basically the Ram says that's what everyone always does anyways because Mila Yerachem El and right so it doesn't I don't know if it's exclusively that but it's the Ram calls Iker was Chavim he talks about Darenosh but when the Iker Tzivoy arguably includes both of them but he, he highlights the Darenosh type because he means that even if it's done in that form it's still the Iker Tzivoy there's no yeah yeah I would think the Iker there would have been specifically where you think that's the only thing. An intermediary would be a tafel, called Iker of Zara and tafel of Zara, something like that, right? Iker Tzivoy. yeah, yes, Erica. Um, <coughs> I, I think it, in a way, it makes sense that you have the the Iker of the Tzivoy to be not to worship an intermediary because that's presuming that the person not believes in God. Like if you oh, if you don't have a concept of God, so like okay. the psychologically, if he Okay. Make that much sense to command them not to worship. It. So it's, yes. it's, presum- it's presuming a certain level of perfection, right? right. If the halakha doesn't have to address the most extremes, halakha's not speaking to that person. Okay. So you're okay. already in the system and now you're getting Okay, good. Yeah, and the Radak says, anyways, Jews don't do that type of bazaar, anyways. Yeah, okay, good. But, but also, the Ramam, when he introduces the Arano, she calls that Ikra Vazkahab. Right? So that. You're, I mean, you're, the answer is good, you're saying, but it doesn't quite address that, right? You're good. You're saying, uh, yeah, I like what you're saying. Okay, yeah. Two different types of Odzara? One is you worship a star and you think the star created the world. That's it. There's only a star. The other is you worship a star as an intermediary towards a Kodesh Baruch. It's a form of serving God. Which one is type 1? Type 1, the official definition of type 1 is that it's, um, 
where you think the star is the, is the only thing. And type two is, is the only thing, right? And that's supposed to be less, worse. Or whatever, that's not the Iker of Zuchavim. The Raman calls Iker of Zuchavim. He doesn't say it's better, but he doesn't call it Iker of Zuchavim. He calls the type two, where you know about HaKadosh Baruch Right, you're worshiping it as an intermediary or something of the sort. And, and the word that like how? Meaning, when you have fear of the Torah and you still do what is wrong, is, is it part of the Torah and how is that possible? No, that's not part of the question. Because that is possible, because you're worshiping like the Doranos. You're worshiping these things as, an, as a means of giving cover to Akash Bacho or as an intermediary to reach Akash Bacho. I mean, they still believe in the Torah yes. Yes, that's your form. Your worship is towards these things. But you ultimately, at the core, what's your core belief? The Yisod Yisod of Samar Chachmos, right? Core idea, yes. Ariel? Yeah, I mean, it's not the entire thing I'm saying, but clearly the philosophical, the philosophical error is the error of the same thing as the same as God. Okay. But can you say that the Amir Tzaisa is so great that it's hard to include what would normally be considered a philosophical error as part of the Okay. You can say that. But again, what about the Iker? Well, but he's calling Iker Right, so I'm saying that the Iker there is not first to the Iker Well, that's Dar is, I mean, so he's not talking about halacha yet. He's just saying. I mean, I mean, you could say that, but I mean, he's telling you a story about their. Uh, I don't know. You could say that, but it doesn't sound like he's introducing halachas yet. It sounds like he's telling you the story, and he's telling you this is a karavaz Which what you're saying first is philosophical? Hypothetical? I mean, it sounds like that. I mean, some, I don't know. It's, it's, I'm not saying what it does refer to. It's just that he's not quite, you know, pulling out halachic categories. I don't think. You know, you could say that. Uh, I can't reject you know. I can't disprove that. Yeah. Yeah, show sure. Oh, that's a good question, yeah. So that's a good question. So why is it, if that worked for the Goyim, right, if it worked for the Goyim, that basically the Kusim, once they worshipped, turns out they converted, by the way, but whatever, if it worked for them, then why didn't it work for Kal Yisrael, right? Yeah, that's a good question. If, if uh, basically once the Kusim were, feared Hashem and worshipped idols, so, but as long as they feared Hashem, the land kept them. But then why did the Jews get thrown out of the land? Right? The Jews, the Radax emphasizes that the Jews always, always um, fear, you know, feared Hashem. So, I mean, you could argue, this is what uh, Zimmer and I were discussing, he was trying to argue that, that ultimately the Jews didn't. Ultimately, the Jews ended up when the fact that they, the centuries were taken away and they still didn't go to the Mikdash, that didn't show that they didn't fear Hashem at all. They didn't care about Hashem. But I don't, th- my impression in the Radak is that that's not the case. That even then, the Radak says, whatever, it seems, it's a good question. It's a good question. Maybe we'll get to that. Okay? But it does, in a plain answer, you could say, is the Jews are held to a higher standard than the nations of the world. They're Jews. So, like, just like Hashem's medaktik with tzaddikim kafir hasayra, small avera of a tzaddik is punished harshly for Kal Yisrael. So, just because it works for the kusim doesn't mean it's going to work for Kal Yisrael, right? It's not the 
but maybe we'll get back to that, okay? Yeah. What, what does the rock mean that um, the guns don't have the same religious as the Shem as we do because they also have, you know, the Shem is from the top, and they have the believers? What the is that most idolaters worship uh, God. Most of the Goyim, well, they don't know of Hashem altogether, but the Jews do. That's what he says. Yeah, but still, he's just saying is in fact. I mean, they're not commanded; they're commanded to. But bottom line is, he's saying most idolaters who worship the most Goyim, worship the Zara, don't know about Hashem altogether. Okay, so let's um, so let's try to work our way towards giving some answers here. Okay, so um, so the Ramah the Morn Buchan. Okay, I think uh, he he. Uh, I, I stopped reading a little bit before in that in that chapter. By the way, I didn't mention that was Parak uh, Book One, Chapter Thirty Six. Okay. So he, he talks a little bit, and I think he directs us towards an answer, okay? So when he talks about he said, where everyone, no one thinks that the wood or the sun is really God, everyone knows that Akash Baruch is God. So then he, he explains a little bit. So what is their error? Right? If no one really believes that, what is their error? So he says like this. He, he says, what is their mistake? He says, the infidels, however... Though believing the existence of the Creator, attack the exclusive prerogative of God, namely the service and worship which was commanded, in order that the belief of the people in His existence should be firmly established. In the words, and you shall serve the Lord. So their mistake was in their avodah of Hashem. The Torah is saying is you should only worship Hashem. Instead, they were worshipping other things. By transferring that prerogative to other beings, namely their worship to other beings, they cause the people who only notice the rites without comprehending their meaning or the true character of the being which is worshipped to renounce their belief in the existence of God. They were therefore punished with death. Compare, thou shalt save alive nothing that breathes. The object of this commandment, as is distinctly stated, is to extirpate that false opinion in order that other men should not be corrupted by it anymore. In the words of the Bible, that they shall, not, they shall teach you not. They are called enemies, foes, adversaries by worshipping idols, and they are said to provoke God to jealousy, anger, and wrath. Okay, so he's, he says, he's basically, he's referring to, um, to a Pasuk, to the Pasuk in this week's Parsha, okay, in Parsha Shoftim, where he's telling you that, he says, the mistake is the worship, is that the Torah maintains that it's not enough that you believe in God only, but that you have to only worship God and not worship anything else. And he says, because, he says, people are moved by the worship, by the rites and the ritual, by the actions, by the avodah which is done. And by allowing worship of idols, people end up believing in idols. That's what moves the people. And the saying is, he's saying that's why that's why it's so terrible. He's saying is when you're worshiping the idols, that's what moves people. And he's quoting the Pesukim. It's in this week's parsha where he's talking about how you have to wipe out the Sheva Umos. It says, You have to wipe out and leave no one alive. Why should you wipe them out? So he's saying is the reason why you have to wipe them out is so that you don't learn from them. And he says that people are moved by the actions. So I think his point here is, is that on a philosophical level, on a philosophical level, the Iker of Avodah Zarah 
in a certain sense, is not really so bad. Okay, intrinsically. Intrinsically, if you want to worship these idols as a method towards worshiping Kodesh Baruch at least you have the idea of Kodesh Baruch But he says it's not stable. That's not a belief system which will last because people are moved by the actions which were done. And, and, and I think he, he elaborates in, in, the, in um, the Mishnah Torah, in Halacha Parak Aleph, the second part of the story, he shows the slippery slope. He shows how Dar Enosh originally was were worshiping Kadesh Baruch and they're worshiping these idols as a method towards worshiping Kadesh Baruch and then he traces the history. Uh, then they started building palaces to these uh, idols, to the sun, and then some Navi came and he said, this uh, son told me to do this. And then they started, slowly but surely, they started worshipping only the, uh, the buildings and the statues. And given enough time, it turns out that nobody knew about a Baruch No one in the whole world. And it was about ten generations from the time uh, Noach to Lavramvino. So even though Enosh started out in a decent place, but that's the Iker of Ozgachavim. See, I think the Iker means the source. It doesn't mean like the main part, but it's the source of Avodazar. The source from which Avodazar devolves. And the idea is like this, is that the Torah's idea of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is very challenging and abstract, and it makes a big demand upon the human being. Okay? The idea of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Olam, is, not, is very hard for a person to wrap their head around. It's very hard emotionally. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is non-physical. He's nothing like anything we know. He has no parts. He's totally, absolutely one. No, any, act, any attributes which we apply to anything which we know are only used as a muscle towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We could only know him through his actions. We could have negative knowledge. He's not, he doesn't have parts. He's not contingent. Whatever we can know about him. But it's the idea of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is very frustrating to a person on an emotional, psychological level. We have nothing we could compare him to. There's no category with which to relate to him on a concrete, tangible level. And that's very hard for a person emotionally. A person wants to have a God who they could relate to, who's more like their parents or more some sort of something which they could relate to on a base emotional level. And the Torah does not give in to that in the slightest. The Torah demands that we maintain, we hold firm onto the idea of Yichad Hashem, and there's no room for compromise. Okay? And the, 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 big, the only way to maintain a nation which is going to be committed to that idea of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is to totally prohibit a Zar in any form whatsoever. Even if you're, if you're worshipping an idol, a son, because that's reminding you of Hashem or that's you're giving honor to Hashem indirectly or as an intermediary, bottom line is you're worshipping an idol or you're worshipping something physical. And emotionally, that's much, much more real to you, to your psyche, than the Yisod HaYisodos, than the, the Iker, the, the, the HaKadosh Baruch And what's going to happen is that that worship is going to satisfy parts of your personality which are, which are physical and instinctual and are looking for something concrete. And you're gonna, that's going to cause you to start uh, to put your energy, your psychological energy, in the 
physical creation and slowly to wean you to get away from the idea of a Kaddish Baruch And with time, it takes a little bit at first, the Enosh, you know, had a good meaning, if you will. He was thinking about a Kaddish Baruch but it was an accommodation to the nature of man. And the Torah says, and normally the Torah does accommodate to the nature of man. Normally in areas of the Torah, the Torah doesn't demand the highest level for every single person. Right? Maybe the highest level person would be learning Torah all the time and would be totally in control of their instincts and would never indulge. But the Torah doesn't prohibit that. The Torah doesn't demand that every person is a chassid and every person is at the highest level. The Torah works with a person at the level which they're at and they slowly work their way towards higher and higher levels. In theory of following that derech, you could have argued the Torah would say, look, you have the idea of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but we know you're not at the level to only have this abstract idea of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Why not just worship these other things and then slowly work your way up? That is the opposite of the Torah. And what, because it, it's not a stepping stone. In other areas, following Torah mitzvahs is a stepping stone. It leads you along a path to elevate and to rise towards higher levels of perfection. But here, it's a slippery slope. It's not a step up. It's not a stepping stone to go up, but it's a slippery slope down. The attachment of your energies towards anything physical, anything which you could wrap your head around, your emotions around, in a concrete way, is going to draw your energy closer and closer to physical and further and further away from the idea of a Kadosh Baruch Hu. So what, what would have been purely Amidas Chasidas, according to the ordinary path of the Torah, because the Torah had to totally prohibit off-limits, no room whatsoever for any compromise, there is no... It's the total enemy of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is this... Even worshipping an idol as an intermediary. Because it's the Iker, it's the foundation from which all other Vodazara ends up deriving and stemming. Okay? So, philosophically, yes, they are different. Metaphysically... Yes, they are different. If it would be stable, then it's fine. It's not fine. Maybe, again, if it were stable, that type, it wouldn't be the highest level to worship, to use these intermediaries, but it, would, it wouldn't be prohibited. But the problem is, is that it, it isn't stable. What? It might be a concession. It might be a concession, or it might be the level of the Am. It's not the Midas Chasidus. The Midas Chasidus would be a person who would only worship Gosh and he wouldn't have, he wouldn't need these crutches, if you will. But that wouldn't be that... It's, uh, and, and in fact, that's why the Kusim were differentiated philosophically. They were still attached to Akash Baruch Hu and the Israel kept them there. But the Torah is the lesson of Avram Avinu, and ultimately the lesson of the Torah, is that that's not stable. And that was Avram's discovery. The Ramam talks about how Avram traced back the steps. And, and I'll show you that. Is that he says, the Ramam says like this, he says, um, he, he talks about how Avram Avinu was looking around the world, and he kind of had this philosophical realization that it can't be that, you know, that these idols created the world. And he says, and he discovered the Boreolam. Okay, he discovered the, you know, the only one God. Okay, but then he says, when he talks about what Avramina discovered, he elaborates, and this is in uh, Aleph Gimel, he says, He knew that the whole world was mistaken. And that he not only know what caused them to mistake to become mistaken. Zesh of the Mesakochavim, the Eshatsuros, they worshipped these stars and the images, until the truth became lost from their minds. So he discovered not just what the correct idea was, but he discovered how it is that man falls away from that corrupt idea. 
And then he says, and he was 40 years old, and he discovered Hashem, and he started going around to people and teaching them. It's not fitting, it's not appropriate to serve anyone but the Tzor Olam. And to him you have to worship, to bow, why? You have to only worship So that future generations will end up recognizing uh, Kadesh And you have to destroy all idols. So that the nation, the people don't stumble over them. Like these people, shame and down, like all the people look around, who think that this is the only God. So this is basically what Avraham Avinu's message was. And he says it, he says it, he repeats it again a little bit further, I'm not going to read it, but his, his discovery was that this slippery slope of Odazara, you know, the Ikra of Odazara leads a person down further and further and further and away to the ultimate denial, right, thinking that the only thing which exists is the type 1 of Odazara. That's where it's ultimately headed. And therefore he says that you simply have to break all idols and you have to positively worship HaKadosh Baruch Hu in order to proclaim to everybody so that everyone will know this is the only true God. And any, any concession whatsoever has to be wiped out because it's not going to last. The only way to maintain the idea to, 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 to build a world going forward is to strongly implant the idea of Yichud Hashem and worship of the, of, of the one God into, into the world's uh, mind. And that's what the Ramam calls him. He says, um, he calls him the Amudo Shel Olam. Okay, that's what he says. The world kept going towards the Bazaar. Ad She Nolad Amudo Shel Olam. And that's what he means. He's the Amudo Shel Olam. He is the pillar of the world. The world was devolving further and further away, and he laid a foundation which was the, would allow the world to get back up and to build a world of Avodos Hashem upon him. But, the Ram describes how even with Avram Avinu, he set up Yitz Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, and the Shvatim, and it went, you know, great, kept going, and he made sure to set up a Malamed, to have a Shevet Levi, to make sure that the Yisrael set up a system to maintain the Mesorah of this idea, but it says, but ultimately it ended up, the Jews went to Mitzrayim, and it went downhill again. And once again, they went back down towards the uh, towards, uh, and once again, we almost forgot. It says there are chosrim bnei akol v'taos haolam v'teosam, but we almost fell away. And then it says because Ava of Hashem for Klal Yisrael, He brought up kimanshem. Then He He sent us Moshe Rabbeinu kimanshem is nabe Moshe ubachar Hashem Yisrael anachla echtiram b'mitzvos. He crowned us with the mitzvos odiyam derech avodaso, and He taught us through the Torah the derech of serving a kadosh baruch hu umayya mishpat oves kachavim. And what is the mishpat of how we treat it? And anyone who stumbles on it. So what, it, what I think what he's saying is, is that the discovery that Avram Vinu made was great, and he laid down a foundation to build B'nai Yisrael, but ultimately it also failed. And the Torah, in its, in its massive campaign against the Vodazarah, multifaceted in all the psukim against the Vodazarah and the Torah, was basically the solution to this problem, is to ultimately have a world which is removed from Avodah and which, not only is removed from Avodah which maintains, could hold on to the idea of Yichud Hashem. The Torah set up, 
set up the system which of 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 the Surah of Odazara and they'll get to of Lo Sasor. I'm sorry, Al Tifno Al Lidlim and the whole system which the Torah set up of Avodazara, the 50 Samad Allah Isurim, and the many, many, many Psukim, how many times Torah warns, and it says the idolaters are the enemy of Akash Baruch Hu, and Hashem is jealous and rage, and all the different descriptions which Hashem describes towards the idolaters, even though it might be as a form of worshiping God, it doesn't matter. They are described, Hashem describes it in the, in the harshest possible terms towards any form of idolatry whatsoever, because of the fact that's what leads to, leads towards shechas hakel, towards forgetting Akash Baruch Hu. and that's the Torah is the the foundation. Torah and the halachic system is the foundation which allows the allows the Torah, the idea of Yichud Hashem, to be maintained. So that's what I think it's saying is that again, just like the Iker of Chavim was the foundation which leads to the further devolving of the world and leads towards further you know ideas of Azara. The Iker Tzivoy of Adus Chavim is not to worship God, to worship any other gods, okay? In any way, any which way that which a person does it, okay? That's the basis of that. That is, see, if the Torah says, you know, the worst of Adus Chavim, the worst Isser is when you think these things are real gods. And the not-so-bad form of Adzara is where you do it as an intermediary. That already opens up the door towards a person not so bad, maybe I'm not at the highest level. But, but the Ikert Sivoy does not differentiate whatsoever. In the Tzivoy of there is zero difference. In the halachic system, there is zero difference. Because the Torah can't open up the door in the slightest against any form of Odazara. You have to give your life for Odazara, any type of Odazara. It doesn't matter if you think ultimately Hashem is true or not. The system of, the system of against Odazara had to had to make no difference whatsoever because this is the cornerstone of the Torah. And that's what it means. So, so let's just take a look. So the different... Um, so let's look at different things in Parak Base. Okay, give me one second. Let me just... Um, oh, just, so, so a few different questions. Back. So why does one start with the whole story? I think that's, that's exactly why it starts with the whole story because the reason... The foundation of why the Vodah is so terrible and even the... Type 2 of Odzaro, even why that's so terrible, is because of that story. It's because of the fact that Dara Enosh of Odzaro devolves step by step by step by step towards the total forgetting of Akash Baruch So the story is what lays the foundation for the Isar of Odzakhavim. It's, it's what sets down the philosophical, psychological groundwork for why it is that the Torah is so harsh against all forms of Odzaro. So in, um, in Parak Bays, so again, he starts off by telling you the Iker Tzivoy. Okay? Fine. And then he tells you Al-Tifno Al-Lilam. Right? Which again, our question was, let's, don't look at read any books of Odazar or anything like that. So our question was, why is that so foundational? It seems to be a siyag, a fence to protect it. But, it's thinking, but that's the whole point. Though. The Isra of Odazar is set up because of the slippery slope that will lead down. So the Torah set up that you can't do Avodah even the type 2 Avodah and the Torah set up you can't even, because, again, it, the whole idea of why Avodah is so dangerous is because of the nature of man to get drawn after it, because of the nature of man that they're looking for something physical, something concrete. A person might say, oh, I wonder how the, God of the nations are worshipping their gods. The Torah says, no. Torah prohibited Avodah Zarah, they prohibit you from looking into Avodah Zarah. This is the same, it's on the, the same basis of why Avodah Zarah is so dangerous, is why 
dangerous. The person's energies are very easily drawn into physical representations, physical methods of worship. And that's, that's part of the Iker of the Zohar, part of the Iker Tzivoy, is the fact that the Torah went beyond just saying don't bow down. It says don't even involve yourself in the slightest, don't even look into these things. And then the Ramam talks about, again, Losasuru, which I think is uh, related to Altifna. But then he, he, he lays down how the Torah, what the Zara is equal to all the Torah mitzvahs. Okay, that's a, it's like an equation. A person who accepts what the Zara is, can I get the, 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 it's like he rejects the whole Torah and vice versa. Because the core of the Torah is ultimately establishing the proper idea of a Gosh And it's saying is the idea of Avodah Zarah is the antithesis of that idea. It's the, the system of Avodah Zarah leads directly in opposite. leads towards the forgetting of a Gosh And therefore, if a person accepts the idea of Avodah Zarah, it's like he's rejecting the whole Torah. The whole Torah's goal is to maintain the proper idea of, of a Gosh in the world. And Avodah Zarah is everyone's antithetical to that. And then, yes, Leslie? We always hold that the around here, but we always hold that the mountains had gone down to the triumph, went down to the triumph. She did for Zima. Okay. They were on the lowest level, 49,000 kilos. Was the pinnacle of the building of the nation of Israel. But it seems, according to this idea of being further away from the country, that was the worst thing. They happened. No, no foul. No they were very bad in Amisraim. Terrible. But Hashem brought them up. But they spent 200 years devolving away from the idea of Yichel Hashem. Okay. Yes, that was terrible. And then ultimately Hashem brought us back and gave us carbon Pesach. And but doesn't that so you're asking why did Hashem send us to Mitzrayim to call us? So what's the question? It's a part of building a nation that seems to be the antithesis of what you want done. Yes? Yes. So according to your... I mean, you're just asking why did Hashem... Forget about this here. Why did Hashem let us get to 49 levels of Tumah? Is that a good idea? No, but so it's a good question for the Seder. For, and it's a good question. Why is it that Hashem sent us to Mitzrayim and let us get into? Right. But but Hashem is not endorsing us doing a Zara or steeping down to that level. We we got to that point. Now you're just asking why didn't Hashem prevent us? From doing that, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to know the Cheshbonos or Gashbarach, but that's. I mean, it's an interesting question, but I don't think, I don't think that's a question on this. This is just not a question. Why did Gashbarach send us to Mitzrayim and send us to Galus and let us steep to over the Zara? I mean, it's clearly bad to be over the Zara and to be at the four ninth level of Tuma, but Hashem let it happen. Yeah, right. So you say, why did Hashem let that happen? We chose to let that happen. I, it's, a, it's a good question. Yeah, I don't. I just I don't see that as an, a question on, on this. And you know, it's it's a good question. Again, yeah, it comes up most years at, at my seder, but you know, probably maybe yours also. But, oh yes. Okay. Great. Yeah. 
without, without this, so Clive's Grove would have been dissipated and it would, it would have been worse. So they, well, they had to become a nation in, in uh, Mitzrayim, and even though they were on a lower level, they had the possibility of raising the Ohio level. With just the 70 people, right. eventually it would have dissipated, they wouldn't have been anything. Right. Okay. Okay, good. Yes, do I? question um, I think the I don't, I don't know it's a good question I can't fully answer but uh, what I'm saying it's like a person you see when you give concession any degree that a person could attach their energy towards a physical God it leads towards a slippery slope but if you for instance say to a person that let's say kashras or something it says look you can engage in physical pleasure Fine, but keep a system of keep within the reason the system of Torah and Halacha, and you follow kashas, and you could you want to pick out. There's no way sort of pick out. You want to whatever and all that, but at the same time you have to use your mind, and and that sets us a foundation where a person appreciates the ideas of uh, kedusha. But at the same time, uh, you know your average person might be very involved in the physical, but at the same time they have a groundwork of kedusha, and as they rise up in their knowledge, they get, you know, rise up, and they get more Kaddosh and more Kaddosh, and, you know, and that works, but if the, it's a good question how it works, but it does work, and the, the, arguably because we have a basic idea of a Kaddosh Baruch when we have the Torah, but if you make a concession in this area, you're not, you're going to become totally removed from God and from everything, it doesn't, you can't build up from the base, from that level, on the contrary, you fall down from that baseline level. But it's a good question. I'm not. It'd be interesting to find what exactly about this is it that, like, you don't say if you give a concession to a person in the appetitive, now a person's going to become a total pig and is not going to ever be able to rise up. That it works in an area like that, but it doesn't work here. That's, you're, you're asking why exactly? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I guess so. But you might say a person has the right idea of, uh, of, 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 of Hashem also. But it's like because of the strong pull of the Zara, it, it ends up, you forget about Hashem. It could be the idea of Hashem, of Yisodis, of Yichar Hashem is so abstract that if you allow any concession whatsoever, the person is going to pull away from it. But the idea of Kedusha perhaps is less difficult to appreciate on a basic level that a person could appreciate the concept of Kedusha, even though they might pick out sometimes and it's not Asr, but they could still with their mind's eye see the concept. But the idea of Hashem, it's like it's, it's a tough demand which the Torah is making on us, that it doesn't allow us to satisfy our basic way of relating to our religious instincts in any way, and it's demanding on us a very like un, unwatered-down idea of a Kedush Baruch Hu, and that's it. So that's, it's a very harsh demand which the Torah is demanding of us, and it could be as like if it's you give any any you know leeway, the motions are going to quick slow quickly or, you know move the other direction. Yeah, Erica. Um, just to point out, like um, uh, Carbono is an example where like I guess it's typically known as a concession, but right. I guess that's, that is a, about worshiping God, but right. it's a distinction between you're worshiping God. Yes. 
it's true. Um, using um, yes. Yes. Yes, it's true. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. It did make a concession in that sense, at least according to the Rambam, that that since that was a method idolaters used, so it basically said that um, that you could directed those types of worship towards Hakadosh Baruch Hu. But still, it's worship. So it's the methods maybe which they use, but then at the same time, it's still directed towards the Kaddish Baruch Hu, as opposed to in when you're doing have another god that you're worshiping. That's that's where you draw a line. Yeah, good point. It's interesting the distinction there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So now back to the Yisod, so the Ikar, right? So then the Yigim Likarim. So as we're saying, is the other? Oh, actually. I'll get to that in one second. So, what does Rambam mean when he says "Kal Hamoda Ba'Vodzkav Mishir Emas"? Person agrees, admits that Ba'Vodzkav is Emas, but yet, Afal Pishalow Avda, even if he doesn't worship it, Harizem Mecharif Megadef Hashem and Echlan Ara. So, holding off on the Mecharif for a second, but the point is, is that if your Moda Kashbarchu is Moda that Ba'Vodzara is Emas, so it could be he means he doesn't mean. I mean, there's two ways to learn. One thing is it means he, you believe that other gods are the true god. But I think maybe he means your moda that about Zara's MS means that your moda to the philosophy of Dar Enosh. Your moda to the fact that it's a legitimate method of serving God is to worship other things. And that is ultimately Macharif Mengadi Fasham because that ultimately is what leads is Kofar Becker. Maybe not at that moment, but that philosophy is a philosophy which is the beginning of the end of the idea of Yichar Hashem. So, and that's why it could be, it's saying is, is the, the Yisod, the Ikar, is, we mentioned, is that all the Ikarim are beliefs which Kalei Yisrael has to have, or ideas that Kalei Yisrael has to have, and this is one which is tied to an action, but the core, the core of the way the Ram describes it in the Ikar, is that it's not really to worship anything other than a Baruch that's the core, which is ultimately the Isra of Avazuchavim is the formal action which the Torah f- formulated to maintain that Yisod. But the Yisod, is, is the Yisod that Avram Vina discovered, is that the only way to maintain the idea of Yichar, of Yichar Hashem is that nothing else is roli lavod. There's nothing, any, any, it's, not a, it's not feasible to worship anything else as a way of relating to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, because of the fact, due to the human psyche, it's going to end up uh, leading towards uh, forgetting about HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's, again, the Iker has an Isser, which is brought along with it, namely, don't worship, but it's a, it's a philosophical foundation of the Torah about the danger, the slippery slope, the, 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 the fact that it's impossible to simultaneously maintain the first 40 karam about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and then to say that it's appropriate to worship Hashem through any other method. Because it doesn't, it doesn't work. You're not going to have the first worry karm if you're going to give up that fifth thicker. Okay. Yes? How is you seem able to uh, finally um, uh, be true Jews? Oh, you know any kusim anymore? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so it could be that's what I'm saying, is that, see, for Kali Yisrael, Kali Yisrael is Nizar on maintaining... This is the idea of Yichar Hashem. That's our mission. And therefore, when Kal Yisrael st- steeped to a level where we're basically, look, as long as, it's hard to know the, the, the degree, but God let us go a long way when we were watching Hodzara before he threw us out of Eretz Yisrael. But when it got to the point, when we were, were worshipping about Hodzara and we weren't going to the Mikdash, because we couldn't go to the Mikdash, 
So then you could say, is, look, we're still ultimately committed towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We're sure worshipping idols, but we're ultimately HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the Mikdash. But once the Mikdash was open to us, and we weren't going there, then that indicated a further degree of removal from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So whether it means we totally forgot about HaKadosh Baruch Hu, or basically we presented the idea that we don't really care about going to the Mikdash, because after all, we got all these other things, but as an Am, our mission is to maintain that true idea of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And once we were not going to the Mikdash, which is the place of Odes Hashem, and instead we were complacent or happy just to worship our idols wherever we are, then we no longer could be the Am Hashem. And then uh, we were thrown out of the land. So the Kusim, on the other hand, their mission isn't to maintain this idea in the world. I mean, I guess they were, they were Jews. That's a question whether they were really Jews, they converted, could they, were they true Gerim, or they're not true Gerim. But the God, the Ode is a general, the nations of the world, their mission is not this. So it seems like as long as they maintain that they have a Yeras Hashem, even if they're doing a Vodazara, the land could tolerate them. But Klai Yisrael, because this is our mission, is to maintain the proper idea of Akash Baruch So we have a harsher standard than the, than the nations have. You know, so it's not like it was okay for the Kuzim, because the Zara is Shem also. But at the same time, even though it's not okay, they weren't thrown out of the land, the land tolerated them. So again, metaphysically, there still is a difference. But in the Torah, there's no difference. There can't be a difference in the Torah because of the fact that it's, it, it, would, it would, in a certain sense, justify the type 2 of Zara, which there's no, there's no room for that. Okay. Yeah, so now the last thing, I think, is the uh, Megadev. Right. So, um, so again, he says that uh, he, he says that there's an equation between avodazar and megadev, right? And the cursing towards Hashem. So it could be it's a, it means that they really the idea of yichar Hashem has to be maintained, and that's the the core of the Torah is to maintain the proper idea and the proper relationship to the idea of Akash Baruch Hu. And there are two ways which that idea could be attacked. Okay, one way is to set up an alternative vehicle of worship, of Adazara. And the other way is to attack the idea of Yichar Hashem directly. And that's what a Megadev is doing. Megadev is cursing, making light of the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, proclaiming some sort of a negative expression towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu, whatever his psychology is. But the point is that he's, he's attacking, or attempting to attack, in words, in a way that, that could, the idea of Hashem. So... That, that they're basically two methods of attacking. The direct attack, which is through the Megadev, and an indirect attack, which is through setting up an, uh, an Avodazar. In a certain sense, the Chiddush is, I mean, the more direct problem is the Megadev. But that's what it says. Yeah, but the Torah says a person who does Avodazar, as Hashem or Megadev. Ultimately, it's the same thing. They're, they're equated. Because through worshipping the idol, that ipso facto is a denial and attack on the, on the idea of Yichar Hashem. So the two are, they're a pair, because those are basically the two methods of undermining and attacking the idea of, of Yichar Hashem. Oh yeah, right, so that's what he means. Even if you don't worship it. Because the, that itself is acknowledging the fact that it's a legitimate method to serve. That, internally, that already opens the door for your, psych, your energies to go towards the physical things. Even if you don't worship it. Yes, yes, right. Yeah, right, exactly. Because still, it's the, it's the, the begin, opening the door is what allowed, your emotions are looking to find expression in, 
physical things. And the moment you say your moda that that's okay and that's legitimate, that's already the beginning. And the Torah does not, again, it doesn't differentiate it whatsoever. Of course, it's not philosophically as bad as the final step, just like type 2 of us isn't philosophically as bad as type 1, but in halacha, in the Torah, there is no difference. Because there, in, in a bigger picture, there's really no difference. It maybe will take a few generations, or for the person, however long it takes, but ultimately, the Torah is concerned about the world. And Avinu is the Amudash Olam. The world is built upon maintaining the idea and not giving any concessions at all. Okay? Any other questions? Okay. So, um, okay. <laughs>